welcome to day three of 31 Days of Terror and I have two spooky stories for you today and story number one comes from Ashley. My name is Ashley and for timeline purposes I'm 19 years old as of writing this. This story is a bit hard to tell, not because it is horrifying or emotional but just because it happened over the course of my whole life and to put every account down on paper is almost overwhelming. Growing up, I attended a Christian-based church, but it was really amazing because they believed that no path was the wrong one and celebrated all religions. In Sunday school, they would teach us about different religions each month, and my Sunday school teacher was very in tune with the more spiritual side. At this church, people, including my Sunday school teacher, would tell my mom that I was an indigo child, which according to the Wikipedia definition, are children who are believed to possess special, unusual and sometimes supernatural traits or abilities. I know, it was probably terrifying for my mother to hear. Of course, I did not hear about this until I was much older, however. My story with the supernatural started when I was very young, though. I did not realise just how young until I was much older and began connecting the dots. Most of these stories revolved around one location – Since I was four years old, my family volunteered at a theatre. I grew up in that building, and regardless of how many people told me it was creepy or haunted, I found comfort within those walls. And boy, those walls had seen it all. But it all really started when I was around six. I was in my first ever production and it was all very exciting. I was the youngest in the cast, and the next closest in age to me were teenagers. So during the production, I often found myself hanging around these older kids when I was not with my mom. This, of course, was a terrible idea, as they would often tell me ghost stories to scare me. One day, the teenager said they wanted to show me around, and I, being a curious six-year-old, agreed. They showed me all around the building, and eventually we ended up by the attic door which led to the prop loft. They told me to go and look around and of course as soon as I crossed the threshold of the door they shut it. I'm sure they thought it would be fun to scare me telling me that the ghosts did it. I don't remember being particularly happy so I waited by the door not wanting to venture up the stairs to the rest of the attic. But then I heard a woman call out. It's okay you can wait with me. I turned around to see an older woman, maybe late 50s or early 60s, standing at the top of the stairs. She wore a high lace-necked nightgown with long sleeves and had her hair tied up in a high bun. She did not look ghostly, just like a woman in a nightgown that I had never seen before. And I guess since I was upset, I took comfort that there was a nice lady there. She held out a hand and I went up the stairs taking her hand. She led me over to a spot in the attic where she sat down in a rocking chair. I sat on the floor next to her and she told me not to listen to the teens, that kids were mean, ghosts were not holding the door and that she'd keep me company until they let me out. Eventually the teens did let me out and they came to get me upon seeing I wasn't waiting by the door. When I looked to see them, I told them that the woman had kept me company but she was gone which of course led to more teasing from them. But this was not the craziest part of the story. From then on, until I was around 11, I saw the woman up in the attic any time I returned alone, which was often, 
as I was frequently told to venture up there to retrieve props for the shows that I was in. For five years I would see her in her rocking chair. She was always there and I would talk to her all the time. We would carry on casual conversations while I gathered props and I just never thought anything of it. Sometime around when I was 11, they took the rocking chair down from the prop loft to use in a show and I never saw her again. It was not until I was 16 and thought back to the fact that I had not seen her in years that I realised she was not an imaginary friend or something that I had made up. She was real and I believe with my entire being that she was a spirit. For a long time after my encounter with the woman in the attic, I did not see anything. I would often hear footsteps or whispers when no one else was in the building, but I would just say hello to the ghosts and move on as if it was almost normal. I heard stories from the others though, such as one time when we had some volunteer workers come in to fix up the gardens outside, one of them went to use the bathroom to find it flooding. Apparently water was rushing from one of the toilets and they went to get help to stop it. But upon returning, the floor was dry as a bone. Another thing that would happen is any time we would leave for the night, we would go around and turn off all the lights. We would double check they were all off and then when we would walk to our car, we would watch as a random room would illuminate as if someone had flipped the switch back on. We would often rock paper scissors for who had to go back in but sometimes we would go back in, turn it off again and by the time you would return to the car another one is on. It was almost a game. Despite all of this I was still sceptical. I know, ironic. But right around the time I was 17 I saw enough to change my mind. For years I had heard stories of a little girl in our costume room but I had never seen her despite the amount of time I had spent putting costumes for shows. I had heard half a dozen accounts of a young girl with black hair and a black and white dress crying in the back corner of the room. But the twist is, when you inevitably thought some kid got up there somehow and you ask if she was okay, she looks up and has no face. She had also reportedly been seen around other places in the building too, except any time she was not in the costume room, she has a face. While I'd never seen her, some friends and I speculated that maybe something bad happened to her in that room, or she lost a part of herself there, making her unidentifiable in that room. Though it is only a theory. But it was when I was 17 I was directing a fundraiser show to help raise money after Covid. A few friends who were helping me put on the show and I were very late one night trying to get the sound system to work. We'd been at it for hours and no success. While we were working, however, we kept hearing sounds from the floor above us. We were in the theatre, and the room that would be on the floor directly above us was the costume room. At first we ignored it, knowing that sometimes a mouse or a squirrel would get into the old building. But the sounds were loud, like footsteps, with the floor above us creaking with the shifting weight. We knew someone was up there. We were all getting nervous. What if someone had broken in? I was with two male friends and I was also not any kind of damsel myself, keen on proving that I could take care of myself. So the three of us grabbed a few tools as makeshift weapons and went upstairs. Of course, on inspection, there was nothing. We went back to working on the sound system, but then this continued two more times. 
After the third time it happened, we were all so spooked that we went home and decided we did not want to know whatever it was. Days later, the production went up and it was a grand success in raising money. We were all so proud of the show that we had put on and we were excited to close our final show of the run. During intermission, I went around as the director to make sure everything was running smoothly. During a run, I would have a walkie-talkie and the person operating the sound or light booth would have the other, but I had left mine backstage. I went to check on things when I saw my light operator talking to someone on the walkie. She was very upset and I asked her what was wrong. The voice on the other end of the walkie was saying her name over and over. It was a little girl's voice. It said her name a few more times and then said, Follow me. My light op and I shared a horrified look. I said, Follow me, the voice repeated. I grabbed the walkie from my light op and ran backstage, pissed off that someone was playing a prank, to see my walkie exactly where I left it, untouched. As I stared at my walkie on the shelf in disbelief, I listened to the voice on the walkie in my hand keep talking. I said, follow me, it said again and then static. A few cast members gathered around and we all shared confused looks. But then, through the static, a high-pitched scream rang out on both my and the other walkie before it fried them both. Yes, fried. They stopped working completely after that. I was never so scared in my whole life. Sure, maybe we picked up on another frequency, but these were from Walmart, made to not work more than 15 feet away from each other. And even if they did, how did they know my light op's name? After the show was over, we put the walkies in the office room. I tried to change the batteries, but they were still dead. A few weeks later, I was stage managing another show that was going up and one night after rehearsal, I was closing up as that was one of my duties. I was the last person in the building, and I was closing up the office, and before I turned off the lights, I heard static. I walked over to where it was coming from, and it was coming from the previously fried walkies. The screens still showed nothing. They were acting dead, but the sound came from them regardless. And through the static, I heard the little girl's voice, incoherently speaking. I never ran out of that building faster in my whole life. There was a light on upstairs when I got into my car that night. I left it on. My last story is my most recent, the one that I will genuinely never forget. I was getting some costumes from our second costume storage room, separate from the costume room. I was going upstairs alone, but there were a few people on the main level. I walked into the room and saw a little girl sitting on the piano. While I was spooked by the unexpected girl, I assumed she was the daughter of one of the people downstairs. I said, hi there, and she replied, hello. She was young, with black hair, wearing an old-fashioned school dress. But who was I to question it? We were in a theatre after all. I turned to look around for a few of the costumes I needed, and said, why are you up here all by yourself? but when I turned back to her for her reply, she was nowhere to be seen. My skin felt clammy, and I felt my stomach sink. I heard no footsteps away, no hopping off the baby grand piano that she'd been sitting on. I ran around like a crazy person looking for the girl, but to no avail. 
I immediately went downstairs and asked the people who were there if they had brought a kid with them, but no one had. And to this day, I am convinced that I finally saw her. Those are the most chilling stories that I have, but I have many more, including ones from other locations too. I've spent a great deal of my life catching glimpses or hearing things that just don't seem right. And now that I'm older and have questioned the things that happened to me, I wonder if I am an indigo child, and if I am maybe a little more in tune with those things. Because it is not just the theatre anymore. As I get older I see things more and more everywhere I go. And as terrifying as that is, it's kind of cool too. I'm a believer now, regardless of my sceptical past. Those teenagers were dicks. Like, why are you taking a small child, like a, a baby? And being like, haha, we're going to tell you ghost stories and then lock you in the attic, haha, and then tell you it was the ghost that did it. Oh, what absolute knobs. I hope they got some sort of cosmic retribution for that kind of behaviour. But then, you know, at least you got to meet a lovely woman who looked after you. Granted, a lovely dead woman who looked after you, but at least she was still nicer than those teenagers. How weird is that to have that realisation that like, oh, that, that woman that I saw was not an imaginary friend or a figment of my imagination. I was knocking around in an attic of a theatre with a ghost. It's so strange. And again, we've got another faceless ghost in the afterlife. Is there any need for the facelessness? Although I have to say the, the psychological eval of, you know, did she lose a part of her identity in that dressing room and therefore she appears as faceless in the afterlife? That's pretty damn clever. But her coming across on the walkie-talkies is less of a vibe. I think I'd nearly prefer to see her than hear her being like, follow me on the walkie-talkies. Although in saying that, I would probably realistically prefer neither, let's be fair. And theatres, they love a good haunting, you know? I've got a whole book recently all about different theatre ghosts. I'm dying to know what it is about the history of that building. Was it always theatre? Was it something else? Was it built on something? Is it the remnants of a different building? Please do genuinely write in and let me know. And story number two comes from Livia. And Livia also wrote a story in in mini episode 154. So stuff has happened since the last time I wrote. You asked if I still had the music box and my answer is yes. You also asked what other things I had on my shelf. Let me tell you, it can be kind of spooky. I have some antique glass figurines, the haunted music box, a light and a little chair made out of dryer clips. Anyway, probably a month after I sent my second story in, some stuff happened, some spooky stuff. One day I had just finished my archery practice at my school. I had come home and gotten in the shower. Our shower isn't one that has a door or a tub or anything like that. It's one of those phoned in showers that has a shower head, a drain and a floor. The only thing separating the toilet from the shower is a curtain. So I'd been in there for a minute or two when I closed my eyes to decompress. About 30 seconds in, something said my name. When it was said, it was like a whisper, but it slightly blended in with the water. There was no figure, no face, just a whisper. Now, for some context, my archery practice was filled to the brim with people being negative, so I think that is what I brought home. A manifestation of the energy that I held on to. Two seconds after I heard the voice, I scrambled out of there like there was no tomorrow. I got out and I wouldn't even look into the bathroom. I didn't want to go into my bedroom, which was only a wall separated from the bathroom. I felt dreadful. I was terrified. 
I grabbed stones, an evil eye, and we smiled. Nothing helped. My dad turned to me and said there was one thing we could do. We could throw salt in the corners. He grabbed the salt, which I was a little sceptical of, and immediately when he threw the salt into the first corner of the room, the sad, awful, dreaded feeling lifted. I cried with tears of joy to have relief. For many days after, I wore stones and an evil eye for protection. For some reason, in this year, 2022, energies and paranormal activity have kicked up for me a lot. I have to take more breaks because I feel so overwhelmed by the energy around me. On one occasion, I was in orchestra and our teacher was out sick. He left a person who I won't name in charge. They are very talented, but some other people wanted to be in charge too. If I asked a question, some of the kids would yell at me. Two people were just silently fighting for dominance and I was the only one who saw it. I kid you not, I felt like I was going to snap and crumble. I freaking ran out of that room. Some people came out to comfort me, but no one could calm me down. I couldn't stop crying. It was like I had no control. This kind of happens to me on a regular basis and I'm okay with that. I have guardians to help me. I've been hearing what they say are elemental spirits. I've talked to water, wind, earth and fire. They help me heal and take care of me. Also, on a random note, 11s. I can't stop seeing 11 on the clock. I looked up what it meant and got that my guardians are looking after me and that I need to change something. I had been listening to my peers and giving them tarot card readings for a few weeks, with sharing little of what was going on with me. One night I was talking to my dad about my problems and my angers when my neck started to vibrate. I felt like I couldn't talk but I was talking and whenever I looked back on the memory of it, it is covered in a black haze. My mom tells me it was my throat chakra. I had had an equal balance of listening and sharing. I think that's super cool if you ask me. And some final points to add. I recently learned that when I was little I told my dad that I saw footprints on the wall walking up my wall. He told me I came to him one day saying that I saw feet on my wall. And remember that dead floating guy story I told you? I said I thought he died from a heart attack. Well he did. My dad told me that his grandfather died of a heart attack. And now we thought the ghost was his granddad. This is just confirmation in my opinion. So I just want to say that I know very little about the American school system. Is orchestra and archery, are they like normal school things to do? I mean, look, as a as an ex-teacher, I wouldn't be teaching no kids archery. I've seen the TV series Ghosts, okay? I know what happens when you try and teach kids archery. I think the uh, bathroom situation is such a primal fear. You know, when you're washing your hair and you close your eyes and you're convinced that there's like a demon standing right in front of you. I also really dislike curtained showers. Like I don't like not being able to see past a curtain. Give me like a glass shower any day. You know, that'll make me happy. So if I heard whispering when I was in the shower, I would be losing my tiny mind. I'm also glad that it sounds like you've got a really open dialogue with your parents and you can have conversations about the things that are upsetting you. That makes my heart happy. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Ashley and Livia for sending in your stories. Remember, if you'd like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. If you are desperate for more content, you can sign up to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every main and mini episode completely ad-free. And on that note, I shall see you tomorrow.